What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a Star Wars podcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing Hello. really well. Happy Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Turkey. We're doing this a little late, but it's okay. It'll give you something to do if you want to avoid your family Thanksgiving. <laughs> I guess so. Why watch football <laughs> when you can fun. listen to Star Wars? When you can have a Star War. When you can have a Star Wars. Speaking War. of Star Wars, a thing that this podcast's about, what has everyone been up to? Um, let's see. I've been more active on the Twitter recently. Um, I'm sorry. I, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that part's terrible. But um, I've, I've recently followed some really cool peeps who are like good, positive Star Wars people. Um, and uh, just seen a couple conversations. One you and I, I think, both looked at, uh, Josh, was about the chosen one. Um, and, uh, I put some more thought into it than I had in a while and how I kind of think that, you know, much like the theme of the sequel trilogy, that the, the concept of a chosen one is very much just a myth and that it's there to have people believe in themselves that maybe they are the chosen one or it is Anakin and it is Luke and it is Ray. It's just, you know, it can be anyone. It could be broom boy, you know, <laughs> Ah, broom boy. You know, the power to, to decide your destiny is within your grasp. And, you know, if you if you choose, you can be the chosen one. I, I like that interpretation, especially considering, like, I'm not sure that Star Wars is something that's about, like, hard and fast destiny, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's much more about people making choices. So, but sure. there was some, I, I, I enjoyed engaging in some very positive and friendly debate this week <laughs> on Twitter. We'll have to definitely bring that one up on the show at some point yeah um but yeah uh alex what have you been up to uh i've been shopping so i've been buying a lot of toys (laughs) uh well first off toys for tots is coming up so if you have a few extra bucks here or there definitely try to buy some toys to donate especially during you know this holiday season there's been fires and all that especially in california and people can really use the help especially kids something fun for them to do uh, the store is called Tuesday Morning, and they have a lot of Star Wars toys for under $10. So if you have a chance, go pick up a toy or two, make a donation, you know, do some good. Have but, you uh, linked that on the Facebook? You should. I mentioned it on our I Facebook, wanna... and it's on our, our okay. Instagram, too. Uh, I picked okay, cool. up a, a Forces of Destiny, Leia, and Wicket 2-pack for less than $10, and a uh, Rebel Speeder for like $7. So I'll be donating nice. those this week. So, uh, yeah, if you can, if you have a few extra bucks, grab a toy, make a kid happy. Uh, that's awesome. Or do you think we'll probably have to do some sort of Christmas gift buying guide episode, you think? Definitely. Mm. I know StarWars.com already has their gift buying guide out. So if you want to take a look at that, but I have a feeling, I mean, well, StarWars.com won't put out like, you know, the, the small mom and pop online stores have really cool things coming up. So uh, we should definitely, definitely do that. And I'll start posting things in our Facebook, too, being like, hey, you know, Think Geek is having a sale on these items. You know, there's there's some nice. really cool things coming up. Amazing. What about nice. you, Josh? Uh, I actually did uh, Star Wars stuff this week, despite <laughs> all the moving. Um, I played some Battlefront, which I hadn't played in a while. Nice. Yeah. That's a good video game. I, I Grievous is out, but I haven't actually played with him yet. Oh. Um, but I've seen him 
in game. Like I, I, they did a thing over the weekend where like the heroes were, um, like cheaper in game. So there's just always heroes running around. And for some context for people that don't play the game, like as you, as you play in a match and get kills and do stuff, you earn points and you can spend those points on becoming a ship or becoming, you know, like a hero. And so for the weekend, they're like, Hey, heroes are like 75% battle points off. So like you get three kills. It's like, Oh, I can buy Ray like immediately. That's Um, awesome. So like heroes were just everywhere. So oh, I saw Grievous at one point, and the only thing that happened to me was I saw him down a hallway, and he did a spider crawl at me, and I died <gasps> because he ran me over. That oh, that's really creepy. creepy. <clears throat> yeah. Does he move all, like, fast and, like, impressive like he does in, like, the movies? In and... spider mode, he does. It was frightening. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't actually see him with his lightsabers out. He just came at me so fast. Sounds awesome. Um, okay, bug me next time you're on because I really want to get back into it. Well, you need to bug me because I mainly play on PC, but I have it on PS4. Boo, so PC's if you want to play it, you gotta <laughs> tell me so I can put the you know put my disc in. So I'm staying with my sister, and she only has one TV, and she is amazing, and I love you, and she's listening. Hi. Is that why you're playing WoW? That is why I'm playing WoW. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. Um, though she was sweet. I put on Spider-Man the other day, and she's like, I could watch you play this all day. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to find a setup where I can – I'm trying to stream it from my, my computer because you can do that now. Um, but someone had posted the other day a list of all the updated content they've released for Battlefront 2 since its release, and it's just enormous. That's got to be one of the most supported games that's ever existed. Just so many um, expansions, so many changes, so many, like, they are just putting a lot of love into that, and I really appreciate that, considering... Yeah, they're patching it a lot. They yeah. added, recently, they not only they did they add Grievous, but they added a new squad system, which is way better than what nice. was in launch. Um, it's not quite... At least, I haven't... Yeah, I, haven't, I usually play it by myself, so I don't know, but if, as far as I can tell, it's not quite like it is in Battlefield, which I think is what most people would prefer, but... Mm-hmm. It's closer. Um, I uh, I know that Obi Wan is coming soon, and then they are also I think next month they're releasing Geonosis. See, they just keep doing stuff. I love it. And yeah, it's all been free, which has been cool. Yeah. And if you're like me, if you guys want to just talk on the phone and play Force Unleashed on the Wii, you know that <laughs> I'm all for that because I got a I, Wii. I think I have Force Unleashed <laughs> on the Wii, and I and I'm really curious to see just like how it holds up how kind of abysmal it is but i i'm i'm i absolutely I'm have that on the wing and i should very curious yeah i just replayed um, it a few days ago it's it's fun i loved force unleashed i was all yeah, about it's it. fun it's a fun game but i'm like wondering i back in the day i played it on xbox 360 oh so i'm like wondering how the wii version is <laughs> it's um, uh wanna... it's different <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to my Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes Guild, who we successfully dominated our first territory war. We killed, we cleared the entire map for the first time. So Woo. yay team! Nice. I got I a great played guild that game in so long. They keep releasing awesome characters for it. They're doing so yeah. many um, Old Republic characters, which is really cool. Um, yeah. We're gonna have to do an Old Republic show because I feel woefully oh, stupid. Definitely because it's like a whole era. Which it's they're like not forgetting thing. either. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're using all this old content. Um, 
you know, in a current game. I mean, which makes me gives me hope that they might bring some yeah. of these characters back around. I think they treat that game just a little bit like, uh, I don't know, like a toy box. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, who cares? You know, just throw, throw that obscure character like, from that Dark Horse comic in there. Let but people like, eat it up. They have, like, lore for them, too. And they <clears> talk <throat> about these different characters. And, I don't know, it's impressive. And there's all these people that I don't really know. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. kind of like learning new Star Wars as I play. It's like, I don't know who this is, but I'm buying their shards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Which, for the record, I haven't spent. I've spent like two dollars on that game. So, how much did I spend on Galaxy of Heroes when I stopped? I think maybe I spent like ten dollars before I was like, no more, I'm because a, yeah. because of the the like randomness of it. I didn't yeah. like the. Uh, where it was like you could get twenty shards, or you could get five hundred shards. Totally, that's how. And I, then you always get like twenty five. You're like, ugh. It's like never mind. I, pl- I also play the Marvel Strike Force game, and I'm in a guild there, and there were three guys who were chatting on my guild who were like, yeah, I've spent over $3,000 on this. And it's like, only two. I'm up to like 4000 No. It's like, can't let the wife know. And I'm like, dudes, first can't of all, the wife know. don't she's lie to your in, wives. Watch, she's in the guild. She's the other person <laughs> oh spending the $4,000. They spent $8,000 that week alone. Their kids are I'm eating water. I'm trying to water. think of like the game. I'm trying to think of the game that maybe I spent the most money in maybe ever. And it's got to be like... Mobile game? No. I think it's probably like Dota 2. Mm. Because I legit for three years was obsessed with Dota 2. Mine has to be WoW just because of the subscription Uh, of it. Oh, that's a good point. No, I think I've even spent more money in Dota 2. I think think maybe I probably spent like maybe... 200 bucks over three years on dota 2 see but that when you break it down by year for a game that's not that that's yeah not that's at not all. that much yeah when i think about it like that i'm like oh, that's especially not that considering much, you but... could drop 10 times that going to a bachelor party in vegas so yeah exactly anyway star wars star wars <laughs> um what do you say we get into our talk we have so much to talk about this week yeah let's see if we get into this topic let's do it all right once again, listeners, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of 77 or Solo was your first Star Wars film, you're welcome here and now on with the show. Okay, so this week, because of all of the Star Wars television news that's been going on, we decided to talk about the history of Star Wars on TV. Yay! Uh, there's a lot, surprisingly mm-hmm. a lot more than we would have, th- than I would have thought. And then I sat down to start the show notes, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, there's so much." Yeah. Um, there's stuff that only had like one season. Back in the 70s and 80s, there's uh, stuff that never even got made. There's stuff that, you know, Clone Wars has its own history. And then we've got all this stuff going on now. And I just saw that you added all the Lego stuff, which I didn't even think about. Yeah. So There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. And I'd say for the majority of it, I haven't seen it. I mean, Clone Wars and Rebels, for sure. But, like, everything else I've seen... Only because of doing this with you guys have I seen some of these things. So yeah. Um, well, what do you say we just get right into it? The first first things first. I think <laughs> arguably the technically the first Star Wars thing that ever happened on TV. Unfortunately. Wait, wait. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we yeah. were blessed with this. 
No, we weren't. <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special. Hooray. Yay. Um, Which if you want to listen to us painfully try and watch it, it's up yeah. on Patreon. So if you, if you don't know what the Star Wars holiday special is, I don't know how you got this far in life without hearing about this uh, abysmal thing. Um, it was a thing that aired on no- November 17th. Three days. Lude, the anniversary was three days ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why um, everybody was posting about it. Life oh, I didn't, I didn't see any of those. Uh, anyway, November 17th, 1978, the week before Thanksgiving, um, on CBS from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, oh goodness gracious. Good. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's, that's so long. You know, it seemed longer when we were watching it. It seemed a lot longer, and, and, and we didn't have commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it with commercials. Oh, my God. Um, and it was a variety show. We actually did a commentary on this, if people want to go back and listen to it. We did it about a year ago mm-hmm. um, for Christmas. So you can go back and listen to that. Um, I can actually, I see you highlighting this. I was about to get into this. Uh, I can read a little bit of information here from the from Wikipedia about this. It says, while outlining the original Star Wars and planning its potential sequels, Lucas imagined a film just about Wookiees, nothing else. <laughs> after, the, after the original film's success, its cast made a few appearances on TV variety shows. According to Charles Lip, Lippincott, that's how I say that right? Sure. Who was head of marketing of the Star Wars Corporation. Think about that. It's weird. Uh, CBS bought the, idea, bought the idea of doing a TV special to him and Lucas. Although there is some internal dispute about this claim, according to J.W. Rinsler, everyone agreed that a television special was a good idea. And I'm just going to stop for a second, and when I see Rinsler, I just think about Tron. I don't Me think too. about <laughs> Rinsler. Imagining that character being like, you know, it's a great idea. <laughs> a holiday special. Uh, that's how we take <laughs> over the real world. That's how we take over the real world. Lucas was... Uh, busy moving his production company to a new location which was not heavily involved i didn't know that did i know that though lucas is uncredited it was his idea to build the narrative around chewbacca's family so they had all these basically they had all of these variety show writers and producers come in and basically did a thing um and there's like so much dispute about whose fault it was basically um there's all these people saying that like no lucas was like integral to the story of the variety show and there's other people saying that he he like approved it but he didn't have any hands on and then there's other people saying like he didn't know about it at all well this next thing is hilarious the bruce valanche quote yes which which if everyone should know who bruce valanche is if you don't look him up you'll immediately know who he is um he was concerned about the decision to center the special on a species who grunt in a fictional language without subtitles good concern and feared that the special would turn into one long episode of Lassie, which to me, I feel like that's best case scenario. Um, But Lucas would not budge on his vision. So, you know, I feel like it's Lucas's fault. That's what that reads like to me. Yeah. And then he was like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) The best thing that happens in this entire holiday special is the animated part. Yes. Which is actually not bad. <laughs> we meet Boba Fett for the first time. Yeah, you meet Boba Fett for the first time. He's riding a dinosaur. He's got weird, like, uh, Becky will get this reference. He looks like a character who's leveling through Burning Crusade. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Just tons of different colors. Um, 
<laughs> it's trippy. That that section's trippy. I'd like to see a full length animated like trippy thing that looked like that because that was That'd the only good cool, part. Cool, actually. But the rest of it was insane. Just insane. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely crazy. All the actors look like they hate doing it, um, <laughs> except for Carrie. I feel like Carrie puts on the best face. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there a reason oh, behind that though? Mark Hamill looks like he goes pretty hard. Well, yeah, with the makeup. <laughs> um, yeah, the makeup's aggressive. <laughs> so, aggressive. <laughs> so, so famous monsters, uh, a verified Twitter account of some kind. Said, Dude, Happy... famous, okay, fam- you don't know about Famous Monsters uh, oh, of Filmland? No, in, in, enlighten me. Uh, famous Monsters of Filmland is, I, I'm, I've become a fan of, the, of this magazine recently. I didn't know uh, it was amazing, cool. They're a, they're a really popular magazine all about like, monsters and um like old film like old horror films and stuff they're kind of like fangoria a little bit that's awesome it says the first and finest sci-fi fantasy and horror pop culture fanzine created in 1958 often imitated never duplicated yeah and it's it was created by the guy who created vampirella oh okay he had this like giant he basically the way he started he had this enormous collection of just like stills and images and uh like things like just an insane amount of things from like classic universal horror movies and stuff like that and this was like his way of publishing them and they they did like interviews with people that played monsters and famous movies and stuff this magazine still exists today and like it's not as frequent as it used to be instead they do one issue a year but it's huge it costs like 30 dollars oh i like that approach um, but they also make them very collectible, so people yeah. will sell back issues at collect uh, conventions and stuff. So I've recently like kind of gotten into it because I've been on like a uh, like a monster kind of kick lately. I love um, that. I love that. And you I'm love like the old all in. I've drank the Kool Aid on Famous <laughs> Monsters, but Famous Monsters is like very influential. Like a lot of people that make things now like tim burton and stuff talk like talk about it with reverence like they they were like oh this was the thing that like got me into horror movies it's the thing that like i hid from my mom like under the bed it's like (gasps) i didn't have porn magazines i had famous monsters (laughs) and stuff that's amazing well that is really good to know and i'm all in for that like i'm I'm an equally i mean you're great about the old school horror stuff i I love all that stuff um but yeah best velveta so they so they tweeted Happy Star Wars Saturday this past Saturday. The Star Wars holiday special aired this day forty years ago. Have you seen it? And Mark Hamill retweeted and said, "Not all the way through." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Mark Hamill is a fan of Famous Monsters. He actually did a tweet about it because um, he's on the cover of one. They had a big Star Wars issue back in the day, like back in the seventies, and he was on the cover. And he he did a tweet re- like maybe a week or two ago about getting, he met the founder of it. And he was like, I love this magazine growing up as a kid in the, in the sixties and stuff. And like loved that he got to meet the founder and like, he got to be in an issue of it and stuff. So nice. Yeah. Well, we got off the topic there, but holiday special. That's all good. Let's see what else, what comes after the holiday special? Well, we get cartoons. And we get one called Droids, which only actually had 13 episodes. When did this air? Um, I believe it aired in the 70s, but I don't actually have the year pulled up. It first aired September Maybe 7th. Maybe at least the 80s. Uh, 1985 and last aired June 7th, 1986. So 1985. So less My than God. a year. 
after uh, Return of the Jedi. Well, it also lasted I less than a year. I haven't seen this. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, no, it would have been two years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, 13 episodes. Yeah. But, have you guys seen any of this? Nope. I've seen a few. I've seen pictures of it, uh, but I've never actually watched it. So, um, but, go ahead. But it was funny enough, distributed by Disney, uh, ABC mm-hmm. Television. And it droids is set four years after Revenge of the Sith and 15 years before the events of A New Hope. The series follows the adventures of droids R2-D2 and C-3PO as they face off against gangsters, criminals, pirates, Boba Fett, IG-88, the Galactic Empire, and other threats. During their adventures, the droids always find themselves with new masters and new difficult situations as a result. You know what's interesting about this show, though? Yeah. (laughs) It's got to be on DVD somewhere, right? What? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I cut out for a second. Oh. Yeah. Oh, continue. Sorry. Do you have a comment or do you just want (laughs) to? Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I heard static and I was like, I couldn't even hear myself. Um, You can find these on DVD on Amazon. And what's interesting about the show is that while it only lasted less than a year, it still was, I guess, popular enough to have a full action action figure series book spinoffs and comic book series oh, spinoffs seen those. Oh. yeah so it's not Marvel like published yeah um, it's not like it was like a one and done type deal series. it was it, it yeah. sold stuff like they had toys i think they had up to two series of droid figures and some of, some of those are the rarest figures uh, you know if you're a collector a collector of vintage figures some of the prototype figures from droids are some of the rarest things that you'll find which i think we actually saw some at rancho obi-wan <laughs> so I think I've found a new Holy Grail. I, as so is, many, this, is it the game thing? Yeah. So I just read it too. <laughs> I, I collect a lot of Star Wars games, and it says a computer game was released in 1988 for the ZX Spectrum, the Amstrad CPC. Never heard of that one. I've never heard of I've heard of the Commodore 64, but I haven't heard of these other two. It says the game went largely unnoticed and was pulled from production due to licensing rights of the end title theme. That tune sounds being like your used. holy grail, man. There you go. Where can I get one of these? Like immediately <laughs> off to eBay. Like, immediately. Listeners, if anyone happens to have this bootleg copy of this droids game, <laughs> who Josh knows? will I, sell I, I you his dog on, for it. I typed it in on eBay. No, Nothing on eBay. I typed it in on eBay, and I don't. I, I'm not seeing any, but um, we'll find it. Oh wait! Uh, someone has the an an Atari twenty six hundred version, but I'm gonna call BS on this because it says prototype question mark question yeah, mark, no. and then it's like buy it now for one hundred and fifty dollars, oh, and no, I'm no, like, no, 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 no. Mm, no, excuse me. Well, I definitely want to watch this though because I don't know. It, yeah, this sounds fun. It does sound fun. We'll have to do some watch-alongs or yeah, something. Yeah, we should. We could watch like the first two episodes. That would be if, fun. Are they on? I'll find are they on them. YouTube. That's I'll, the question. I'll get them. Okay. I have my ways. Okay, we'll figure it out. Because that would be fun, actually. Yeah. And this related show, which have you guys watched this? This e- Ewoks? Ewoks? No, I have not. I've seen a few episodes. But uh, fun, fun thing about Ewoks, I have. And Becky, I still need to send you these because I have some for you as well. I know I need. I have come. actual animation cells from Ewoks. That's so cool. That were used. I have mine framed, um, the sketch and the actual paint cell, like framed separately. So it's like a nice mosaic. I gave some to Alex. Mm-hmm. Gave some to Alan, friend of the show. I have some specifically for you. 
Becky, but I'll have I need to come to get them. I'll come get them. Don't even send yeah, them. Or you can come get them. That too. I'll, I'll come hang out. I should come no. hang out and we should go on a trip to Endor. And we do, we do need to do that. Cause I lived in Marin for five years and I never went. So <laughs> I need an excuse to go to Mirror Woods. We'll go stop off at so Lucasfilm. One... Yeah, that too. Yeah. There you go. We'll do a whole day Oh, well, I'll it. get a picture in front of the Yoda. And you can go in the lobby and touch all their broken statues. <laughs> this this sounds like a huge trip for like an episode nine like adventure that we should do. Oh, um, that's a good idea. Yeah, I guess we should start planning for that a year from now. <laughs> as soon <laughs> anyway, as that first... Ewoks, so... <laughs> go ahead. No, so as, as soon as that um, first, that first, that first trailer. trailer drops, I'm waiting in line to get my tickets. <laughs> oh i can't even i don't even oh my, i can't even i can't so the ewoks i think the only thing i know about this is just by looking at it it reminds me of gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere yes the the just the animation looks like so the the wikipedia uh description is very strange it says the series is a follow-up to the two ewok films caravan of courage and the battle for endor Mm -hmm. which were themselves spin-offs of return of the jedi the first season of the show aimed for a more sophisticated style but in the second the writing and particularly the visual style was geared toward a much younger audience with less sophisticated character and scene design using a reduced selection of colors combined with less detail. Because you know how kids hate color. I think they just pulled the budget back. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the source for that information is. So, yeah. So, th- does this actually follow the same Ewok characters from the movie um, uh, it, Caravan of Courage? No. It follows uh, a few of the specifics. So, you have Wicket's family. So, you follow their family. Another character whose name is... Uh, Princess Kanisa Ajari Kentaka. So they kind of introduce sure. new characters. And then you have characters like Tivo, which I think was actually in Return of the Jedi. And then you have other new characters that are sprinkled around. And then they just created random creatures again. And they went a little weird with the show towards the end. So the voice actor of that princess is a OG. She was the voice of Penny in Inspector Gadget. She was the voice of Elmira in Tiny Toons. She was the voice of Susie in Rugrats, just to name a few. So at least that's on point. Mm-hmm. And again, this show had a spin-off of toys, action figures. They I think at one point they even had an Ewoks phone you could buy. So these things <laughs> oh, God. Ewoks. Yeah, these phone, things didn't huh? last long. This lasted for two seasons, a total of thirty five half hour episodes. But I mean they marketed the heck out of these and kids bought them. Like if you go um, Rancho Obi-Wan, they had the full Ewoks house tree playset that we saw when we went. Like it's, there's oh, some yeah. pretty cool stuff out there. That's awesome. I really want to watch these. These sound like a great late night, not totally sober activity to do. <laughs> um, but I also like how it, both uh, series said this, that they um, aired on the sci-fi channel years later um, just for funsies. Weird. So I don't know if they should, so weird. they should do it again. I think these are, this was also released by Disney. So put it on your streaming site. Real quick. These uh, are all on one DVD. You can buy it on Amazon for $14. That's not So bad. it's not a bad, you know, you're not spending a lot of money. Yeah. Well. Let's do it. Let's well, invest. Let's as do it again. Yeah. <laughs> let's invest. <laughs> it'll, t- it'll cost a total of like $36 or something. It'll be worth it. Something Amazing. like that. Maybe 40-something. I don't know. Whatever. The next show that we have to talk about is very interesting because I remember hearing about this 
a lot at the time, and then it stopped. Didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't end up happening. Star Wars Underworld. Which already sounds awesome. Which, yeah. Uh, And all I'd ever heard about this show is that, like, oh, they wrote, like, a hundred scripts, and then they they never got used, and they're all sitting in, like, a Lucas lot, like, in a vault or something, and, like... One or two of the scripts was written by Kevin Smith and stuff. Like, um, some of them were written by Ronald D. Moore, who's the showrunner of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, so this said, I would love for them to release them. Right? They never will, but like, they would be really cool to read. So yeah, give us give us an overview of what this show was supposed to be. So I think that the like the, what I've copy and pasted from Wikipedia gives this like really interesting arc, and also kind of. Maybe it illuminates a little bit of why Lucas may have sold Star Wars to Disney. Huh. Like, at least in my mind, but but we'll we'll talk about it after I read it a little bit. So, in May of 2008, he told Total Film Magazine, it's kind of like episode six, or episode four. Sorry, I read the Roman numeral wrong. (laughs) It's funny and there's action, but there's a but there's it's a lot more talky. It's more of what I would call a soap opera with a bunch of personal dramas in it. Great. It's not really based on action adventure films from the thirties. It's actually more based on film noir movies love from it. the forties. Love it, love it. Just cool. I'm into that. Star Wars Underworld is said to be set primarily in the Coruscant Underworld, which was briefly glimpsed during <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two Attack of the Clones, and we saw it a bunch more in Clone Wars. In the time period between Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, it is during this period that the Galactic Empire rises to ultimate power through the galaxy. In 2005, George Lucas told Celebration 3 audiences that the show would not focus on any characters from the films, but that some of them could appear. And he said, quote, a lot, of the ish- a lot of the issues from the films are connected, but you won't necessarily see a lot of people that are connected. He later described the show as a as bare bones and action heavy and explain that it would depict what the inhabitants of the star wars galaxy do for entertainment fluctuating a lot right uh what's up no 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 oh i thought you said just just, just laughing (laughs) all right continuing on porn just saying at at a (laughs) yeah i know my mind immediately went to strip clubs i don't know why at a 2010 screening of the empire strikes back in chicago illinois Lucas announced that the series was on hold due to budget concerns. Lucas and McCallum later elaborated that the scripts were prohibitively expensive for television and that the show was put on hold in order to wait on technology to develop to the point that costs could be kept relatively low. Lucas had long planned to build an expansion to his Lucas Valley property called Grady Ranch, which would have been a, quote, digital media production facility for movies and television. However, in 2012, in early 2012, Marin County, my former home, <laughs> rejected the project due to concerns over traffic and noise. And on October 30th of that same year, the Walt Disney Company announced an agreement to acquire Lucasfilm, including the rights to the Star Wars franchise. That's a really interesting connection you made. Um because that does make sense. I mean, that's kind of been George's problem since the beginning, is that the things he sees in his head, there's not really a practical way to put it out there, um, which is why I have sympathy for him making his 1997 versions, because he just got so excited that part of his vision he could finally do. Um, right. And it seems like that's the same case here. Uh, and I defend a lot of the special edition 
same. choices. It look, well, first of all, just the basic uh, restoration of the film stock is great. Yes. Yeah, because if you go back and look at how it looked in 77, you're like, oh, boy. It's dirty. Uh, it's a dirty yeah, it's, film yeah. print. It's dirty and kind of, like, grainy and weird. But then you look at it now as it's been restored, like, with the Laserdisc prints and stuff. It's gorgeous. Yeah, totally. Um. But, but I would have loved to have seen the show. So Sorry. same. So so same. You said that around 2010 is when they, or 2008 is when they put it on the shelf, correct? Uh, no, 2008 they were still gotcha. in production. At 2010, at a two, at a 2010 screening of The Empire Strikes Back in Chicago, Illinois, Lucas announced the show was on. So hold. on April 17th, 2011, so a year later on, we had our first Game of Thrones episode. And if I remember correctly, over they weren't too sure how well that was going to do, especially with a big budget television show. Do you think that with how Game of Thrones has evolved and changed TV, where you know they're putting lots of money for a TV show as opposed to a movie? Had Lucasfilm not been sold to Disney, do you think they would have continued, you know, seeing how well Game of Thrones did or is doing, do you think they would have continued pushing towards Underworld? Or do you think they already I, had those yeah, ideas for so. like Rogue One? Because at the same time, if you're going to start telling no, certain I th- stories, I think they would have. Think they uh, I think, yeah, I think they would have kept going. But I think by this point, at least the way that this article makes it seem, it makes it sound like Marin telling him he can't build a thing on his ranch was like the last straw like he was just fed up well with trying to make it happen and i think too is that he wants know? and he, he was wants like, to have so much creative control that i think he was afraid to outsource it to a, you know another production company to another, another site yeah. i think that a lot of it has to do with that too disney's yeah and i think know, that was his ultimate yeah. you know his his out like he didn't have to worry about doing that if disney has connections with all these different places it's easier for them to be like hey we're going to film this which you know we'll talk about later on but the mandalorian i think is a good example of that yeah 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 yep (laughs) um so i saw the next one you had but i feel like we need to talk about the one i just added before we talk about that Oh, yeah, I forgot to add this. The Star Wars Clone Wars, not the Clone Wars we know of, but the 2003 cartoon yes. Clone Wars. Which is going to be our next watch along. It is, which we need to schedule pretty soon. This but. was actually, and we just also passed the 15-year anniversary of when this first aired, because this aired November 7th, yeah. 2003. And it was shorts, right? It wasn't like... So the two there was three seasons, and they were different. Seasons one and two were three to five-minute episodes, and then season three was 12 to 15 minutes um episodes but i watched this uh, i'm trying to figure out when i actually saw this i think right out of college um so 2010 2009 um it's amazing it is it's really really well done and there you know you'll you'll hear some fanboy uh, annoying people who are like oh i don't like the cgi clone wars i like the og clone wars and like there's no reason to hate the CGI Clone Wars, but legit, the, this Clone Wars is so beautiful. Um, I, I don't know. I just adored it. I'm excited to revisit it. Um, have you guys have both seen it? Yes. Or? Yeah. It's it's really nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just went through puberty there. It's really nice. It has a really <laughs> great art style. I mean, if you like Samurai Jack, you'll you'll love the same art style. But I think that the stories that they were telling are are very different from what we got in the Clone Wars cartoon series, like the CGI version. Like the way that they had certain yeah. characters, they're, the way that they you know, they would act with one another and how they ultimately ended up, very different. 
But I mean, I yeah. you know, this is the first time we saw uh, Asajj Ventress as a character. We had that crazy yeah. Mandalorian, and yeah, and Grievous too. We had that crazy Mandalorian hating character Dirge, who you know he could blow up, and all of a sudden he'd oh, come yeah. back together. Like these are that's that, that is one character that I hope someday we get some version of him because he had the coolest set of armor. He was my favorite character from that entire series. I mean, he he just looked amazing. Come on, Dirge. Yeah, I mean, the the it seems a bit, it's much more adult. Um, it's um, yeah, it's I feel like it's very art forward. Yes, um, it's a little minimalist. You know, like they just the, give you enough. Totally. Yes, totally. I I, I remember the um, I think Kit Fisto episode mm-hmm. um, sticks out in my mind. Um, the uh, the animation style think like like Samurai Jack. Yeah, it was made, but it was the same guy. Yeah. Right? Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. I, I believe just threw yeah, that it was out the there. same guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so a little more like angular. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it won uh, a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program twice. Um, so it's it's it has some pedigree. Um, James Arnold Taylor is still the voice of Obi Wan. Um, and uh, yeah. It gives us a really I'm excited to revisit. It gives us a really cool Anakin Skywalker with these crazy blue tattoos on his whole like half of his torso. Do you guys remember that? No. If you look at mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's fighting Asajj Ventress and his shirt gets ripped off and he's got these really crazy looking like Ooh. digital blue tattoos across him. Like you would never see it in the okay. movie, but it's it's kind of an interesting take on <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. It kinda has like a Tron vibe to it, but it's this it's it looks really cool. Oh, I think I have seen that, yeah. actually. Here's another collector for you, Josh. So they, they were distributed by 20th Century Fox, um, and uh, there was DVD versions, and one of them had a Battlefront Two and Empire at War Xbox demo what? connected to it. Uh-oh. <laughs> now i got to find that. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, by the way, shout out to my friend Parker if he's listening. I was going through his old school Xbox games, or no, PlayStation 2 games, and he had some from, I want to say PlayStation Digest or some PlayStation magazine. He had, like, demo versions of Star Wars games. Would you want those? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will buy those often. <laughs> he was just waiting for you to stop I talking to say yes. I, I love weird stuff like that. That's amazing. Okay, Absolutely. I'm just going to take them from him because he, he definitely... I mean, maybe give him two dollars because, like, he's there just sitting. You know, give him five. I'm not a terrible person. Okay, so I'll make that happen. But I did try to buy one time. Um, and yeah, and the I'm never going to the store again. I can't even remember their name, but I'm not going there. Uh, I tried to buy a demo disc for Rogue Squadron Three on the GameCube, and it was it had the box and everything that was sent to the retailers, where it says "Do not sell this" and like all this stuff, and. I, I tried to buy it, and then they're like, oh, we can't find it. We'll call you if we find it. I never got a call. So Boo. that annoyed me. That annoyed me. But <laughs> One one interesting fact about this series, so I don't believe it's canon. Um, it's not. I, I think when they released the Clone Wars we're about to talk about, I think they kind of stripped they it did. from yeah. that canon. But basically. one cool thing that they had to do, so General Grievous, as as we mentioned briefly before, was introduced in the series. And his asthmatic cough, um, they say, was a, it intended to emphasize his organic nature as well as the flaws of his uh, prosthetics. Um, but he had been in this Clone Wars series 
before they had written everything for the character, so he didn't have the cough. So in the chapter 25 of the of the series, which came out, I, I guess, while Revenge of the Sith was being filmed or afterwards, um, they had a scene where Mace Windu force-crushed Grievous's chest plate, where his organs were, um, to kind of be a canonical reason for why he developed that cough yeah. in episode three. So That's pretty cool. And it's kind of cool, right? Yeah, we need to watch these. I cannot I'm, wait. I'm into it. All right. Well, moving on. The one that changed everything. The one that changed it all. Star Wars: The Clone Wars. The the uh, 2005. I know it didn't. St- it didn't start in 2005. When did it first? So, air? so it know? started with the movie. Yeah, Don't yes, forget, this did start with the movie uh, in 2008. Which, which we have a Patreon episode of, if you want to listen. Yes. Yeah, the Patreon episode. Uh, watch so the long. film was released. Patreon.com slash long time ago radio. Subscribe. Uh, it w- <laughs> the film was released on August 15th, 2008. And we had our first episode air October 3rd of the same year. So the first, technically the first three episodes was the film. So they compressed it all three right. together. Right. Um, but this aired on Cartoon Network from 2008 over till 2013. And then they released the uh, last season in March of 2014 on Netflix. Uh, so cool. I mean... Last, oh, I'm sorry. Last quote-unquote season because hashtag <laughs> yeah, save the Clone War. Or Clone War saved. Yeah, or whatever. Um, so yeah, obviously the series that changed, yeah, changed everything. I think... I think the coolest thing about the Clone Wars is that it puts we've talked about this many times it puts the prequel trilogy in context it makes the prequel trilogy relevant um it makes me love the prequel trilogy more um makes me like anakin makes me (laughs) totally like anakin um you know there's not we talk about the clone war series all the time and if you've never really sat down to commit to it do it it is worth it for every episode that's kind of like, wow, this doesn't seem like it's for me, there's going to be one that you're like, wow, I didn't know Star Wars could be this good. Especially the ones in season five. Mm-hmm. Like, some of those arcs are so good. Like, too good. And it gets dark, and it's violent. <laughs> they are too good. Tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost true. Like, I, I, I've said for a long time that some of those episodes are my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. Um, whether it be for the sure. action, the music... Um, you know, the, the stories, the character moments, the, the lore, we really didn't, it, it explores the lore more than you do anywhere else. I feel like the, the Clone Wars films are about war and about the mechanisms of, of waging factions. Whereas the Clone Wars is very much about the Jedi. And I mean, there's other storylines as well. A lot about the clones, which is great too, but you mm-hmm. really get into the why of why everybody is fighting for the side that they're fighting for, not just the mechanics of how it goes down. Well, um, and that things aren't as clear as you always think they are. You see the Separatists and the Republic. Yeah. In reality, they're, you know, they show people who are on the Separatist side that aren't necessarily evil. You have yeah. episodes like that. So it's not, everything isn't just black and white. There's a lot more gray in between. Totally. Yeah, uh, what was, oh, my God. What was that kid's name? Lux Bontari or something like yeah. that? Yeah, Lux. Yeah. The, the like not love interest for he's a pretty he's a, he's a good he's boy. a guy <laughs> he's a he's guy, a guy. <laughs> well and the nice thing is too he's a guy is, uh, he's, he's there he's, he's there you know he plays a he plays his role um one nice thing about clone wars he's too is that you at the time we didn't know but we started getting people like uh oh what's his name i just he has a borgullet 
What? In in uh oh uh, uh Sagarera. Yeah, you start getting people. I thought you were saying there was a different character in oh, Clone no. Wars, like pre Rogue One, that had a Borgolet. I'm like, what are you talking? <laughs> you about? get characters like Sagarera, where they developed them in the cartoon series, and they figure, you know, let's bring them, you know, farther into Star Wars, and you start seeing their Absolutely. evolution in Rebels, and then you see them in rogue one so you're starting to pull things what? you're seeing mon mothma's evolution you're seeing the four you know all these different people you're seeing tarkin rex. you see rex we, i mean you, so much it, without that without the series i don't think we would have gotten our return of the jedi confirmation that rex lives yeah i mean which is yeah. amazing it's that show clone war sets up a lot of things that we see later on in not only the movies but the tv shows and it also answers a lot of questions that i think a lot of people had especially you know how the whole Order 66 thing went down. We always assumed, yeah. how, you know, we always thought, oh, okay, they just have always known about this. But did you know that it was, you know, genetically put into a, like a virus in their head, like a, like a cell? Like it's, it's, it's so complex and it gives you such a, a larger canvas to paint with, with Star Wars. Totally. And I think genre is an interesting way to look at it, too. On the Wikipedia, it's genred as a military science fiction, which I find funny because it's so true. It is very war-based, um, but you have episodes that are pure horror. Mm-hmm. You have episodes that are just slapstick comedy, like Abbott and Costello. You have, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut. And, you know, there's definitely something for everyone. I would be surprised if the success of Clone Wars wasn't a huge factor in both the price um, and the sellability the marketability of, of the, the Star Wars franchise yeah. um, after what was kind of like a weirdly received prequel trilogy. Um, the fact that this came out of it is amazing to me. And I think speaks, obviously, Dave Filoni is the, you know, beautiful mastermind behind it. And I think, you know, this is where he came on the scene. And kind of, I think, I think most hardcore fans agree he is the the George Lucas heir at this point in terms of yeah. creative there's, prowess. Fun fact, there's not actually any hair under that cowboy hat. It's just like a tube, uh, like a brain tube. <laughs> He's just hiding it. Well, his hair is his cowboy yeah. hat, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him without a hat on. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I I have. Oh, he's got hair. So good. So good. Moving on from Clone Wars, we have Star Wars Rebels, which went four seasons and basically continued a lot of the storylines that we didn't get to finish with the cancellation of Clone Wars, even though we're getting, uh, we should mention, we are getting a final season of Clone Wars next year on Disney Plus. Yes. Which I'm very excited about. Yes. There will possibly be three Star Wars show things next year. Have you thought about that? I mean, I can't even. Next year's so, going to be insane. <laughs> there's presumably uh, a second season of Resistance. There's the final season of Clone Wars. And then there's possibly, I wouldn't be surprised actually if it gets pushed back, but there's possibly the first season of The Mandalorian. And we have episode nine and we have Galaxy's Edge opening up. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so poor next year. And <laughs> Celebration. And Celebration. And D23. Maybe nuts next year. Oh my gosh. And D23. Too yep. much, too much. I'm just going to quit So my much is going on. Um, but really quick on Rebels. I've talked to some people who are like, oh, I liked Clone Wars, but Rebels seemed too kitty. And I'm like, that's a really weird thing to say. Um, because that was exactly what people said about Clone Wars 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't really know what you're thinking. Um, but yeah, no, if you... 
If you think Rebels isn't for you, you're wrong. And I almost feel even stronger about that than Clone Wars, because I think the last season of Rebels is so heady and philosophical um, and heartbreaking um, and just gorgeous. I mean, it, 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 since it's so more focused on just a set group of people, I was nervous at the beginning that it would feel a little more episodically TV kind of, oh, we're all going to end up happy and hugging at the end and it's going to be about friendship. And it is, Mm -hmm. but we don't all end up happy and hugging at the end. And the friendships, you know, are blurred with across lines. Like you were talking about earlier, Alex, you know, who you think is good and bad. Um, you know, it's awesome. Oh, and one one really cool thing about Rebels too is that, yeah, it focuses on one group of people, but it also delves a it delves really deep for being a, what only four seasons into the Jedi mythology. Like you see things you've never seen before mm-hmm. again. You you they introduce you to realms of the Force that you've never seen, but makes sense. Yeah. So if you want to learn yeah. more about how the Force works and you know the light and the dark and how you know they're pretty much the same thing it's just different ways of looking at it this is a good show to to learn some more about it and it connects ideas that we saw in clone wars back into uh into this cartoon if you loved clone wars you have to watch this because yes. there are storylines that come back it's definitely and it's a just... continuation there's no way you can not watch rebels if you enjoyed clone wars go go watch it stop listening to us and just go, go watch, watch it, it. <laughs> yeah once you get past the first season which the first season's fine but i think once you get past the first season and they start see, introducing yeah. all those clone wars elements it gets much better and then by season four you're like hooked in i mean but that's i mean that's like you know people have so little patience have you ever read a novel yeah. everyone you have to read like 50 pages before you feel like it, it's flowing through your veins like you need <laughs> to get these character things set up before you can start messing with the preconceived notions of what they're supposed to do and then create that kind of drama and tension it's tough because if you take too long um you get bored but if you do it too fast you don't care yeah that's a a fine line you have to take some time in soap operas when stuff happens too quickly you're like ugh, this is nonsense yeah because you're like i don't care like it's it's funny you say soap opera because i've started watching dark shadows (laughs) oh and uh okay and what do you mean oh (laughs) no it's just interesting i like it Okay. Well, I started watching it, and for, like, the first 10 episodes, like, nothing's really happening. And I'm like, all right, when are the vampires going to show up? <laughs> and then around episode 10 is when it happens, and now I'm on episode, like, 30, and, and like, I'm, like, glued to it. I can't, like, you know. How are you it, even watching that? Is that on, like, Netflix? It's on Prime. It's on they have, like, Prime. the whole thing is on Prime. How many yeah. episodes? Uh, I think in total, it's, like, it's a couple hundred. It's 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 crazy. Because it aired twice a week for like years That's and years. Awesome. There's like multiple plot lines and stuff. Oh my gosh. Wait. Okay. So I'm looking on the IMDb and like the number Jonathan Frid, who plays Barnabas Collins, is yeah. in 594 episodes. Yeah. That means there's a lot, at least 594 episodes. Yeah. About the vampire. <laughs> Love it. And I've, and I've heard there's web episodes about like a werewolf and there's other stuff. Great. And then there's then there's like movies that aren't related to it but are related well, to the it. There's a terrible, terrible Johnny Depp movie that came out recently. Yeah, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're way off the we're way off track. Here. Anyway, um, yeah, Thrawn. But yeah, the soap opera thing. It's yes, Thrawn. Like, and if you love Thrawn and you love the Thrawn books and you want to see Thrawn done and you're like, oh, what did they do with Thrawn? Did they ruin Thrawn? No, they made Thrawn amazing. Someone had a good point about about thrawn and that like they're probably never going to introduce him in a film because then they would have to like 
cue all of the <laughs> all the general audiences in on who he is, and that just would well, you would think bring the, the movie about to a screeching halt. You would think that about Sagarera too, and they did. Yeah, but he was such a minor character. You could do what they do in yeah. comic books. Yeah, and he always he always kind of was. You do what they say mean? in comic books. Whereas Thrawn is not a minor. Do a little character. asterisk yeah. in the corner that says, "Hey kids, learn more about Thrawn in," and then <laughs> just a yeah. giant and also, text wall. Shows if you up. think about the movies, they don't do character development for the villains. That's like a start, which everyone's like, "Oh, so I'm sorry." I keep quoting. I need to stop doing my general grievances. That's not what this is about. Random. Uh, <laughs> Random Star Wars straw man from Twitter <laughs> comes no. walking in. It's like, oh, there's not enough, like, Kylo doesn't make sense. I'm like, Kylo is by far the most well-defined villain we've ever had in Star Wars. Like, Rogue One, I don't I, I don't know what that cape guy's history is. Um, the Emperor? You know, freaking Solo, I don't know. The Emperor, who knows? Uh, in Solo, I don't know what Paul Bettany's backstory is. Like, he's just whatever. So I feel like you could totally have Thrawn just roll up and be like... I am Thrawn. I am super cool and sophisticated and evil and just love me. Um, They're like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Rebels is amazing. Yeah, Rebels is great. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, which I've been watching. I did not watch the latest episode, which I heard was really good. Did anyone, has anyone, have you started, Alex? No, life life has been kicking my butt lately and I haven't had a chance to do anything fun. It's all right. I have a feeling we're getting to a mid-season, like, I hope so. I need to. I need to. So, you know what? Thanksgiving weekend is coming up. I'm. I'm well, gonna. Let's push each other. Let's what? You, let's push each let's other. Do it. You message me whenever you watch one, and I'll message you whenever I watch one, and then we'll like have to catch Let, up. So like, let's just yes, do let's it. do that because I. I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah, because there's like, and it's. I just. I feel like a bad. There's like fan. six or seven episodes already out now. Yeah, I feel like a bad fan too. Yeah, what do you mean already? It, I know it's, <laughs> it started airing. Like I'm sorry, I like a like a whole month. And I'll, a half I'll ago. start watching it. I mean, I've been looking at the toys and I've been seeing pictures from it, and it's exactly what I want. I want to see, you know, what happens right before the the Force Awakens, and I just haven't yeah. had a chance to. It's getting. It's getting better as it goes, like Rebels oh, that did, sounds where familiar. it starts off, and you're like, you're like, this is fine, and then and then as it goes, you're like, oh. but Becky, let's let's do that. All TV works. Let's do that, Becky. Yeah, no, yes, yeah. we will. And I wanted to make another uh, comment about the uh, both this and Rebels, less so in Clone Wars. Clone Wars, you had a lot of um, you had some great holdovers from this uh, from the films that that participated. Anthony Daniels, just that's his job. He is C three PO, but um, <laughs> but Rebels he has no other job. <laughs> Rebels and Resistance specifically um, have some really high cal- caliber actual actors um, that are in it. I, I think that David Alowo Alowo uh, in uh, Rebels I thought was like the biggest get in, that they could have gotten, um, and I think that's continuing in Resistance. So yeah, love it. So excited. Let's do it. Do you see the next one I put on here? Yeah, Star Wars Detour is a show that never actually came out. Although but, it is gonna come out soon, well, right? Yeah, what's the what's the situation? So with that? the last thing in uh in June of twenty eighteen, Lucasfilm filed a new trademark for the series. That's as much as we mm-hmm. do we want to talk a little bit about what it was? Or do you want to just let it we crash and burn? We talked about it a little bit on the show, but we can bring it up briefly. Yeah. So it was an unaired American CGI animated comedy series, um, and it was like parody. It was like robot chicken people made it, Seth Green and Matthew Senreich. Senreich? Um, and they made 39 episodes of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they got everyone to voice it. Like, 
they had, you know, uh, Ahmad Best back as Jar Jar. They had, um, you know, a bunch of people. Um, Joel McHale was in it. Zachary Levy, Weird Al. Um, a whole bunch of crazy people. Um, you have said disparaging things about this in the past, Josh. <laughs> no, not me. Oh, I not you? said it. Alex was it is me? the one. Oh, <gasps> so come after so me. So when this was announced <laughs> that uh, Star Wars Celebration Six, this was in 2012, they released a trailer, which you know Star Wars pulled the trailer, but you can easily find it on YouTube. It's it's not my kind of Star Wars. Like I think one of, mm-hmm. one of the reasons that it was pulled um, that I remember hearing back when it was uh, 2013 when they delayed it was that they were concerned that Star Wars is becoming too gimmicky and too mucky muck. Like that people weren't taking Star mm. Wars serious anymore. And this is before we had a new Star Wars movie even announced. Right. So I right. could I could I could see why they'd want to pull it because they didn't want Star Wars to become a parody of itself. Like, oh all new Star Wars is just silly because up until that point we had only had Robot Chicken and we had had those Family Guy episodes. Soon, you know, all of a sudden they pull this and then they announce we have new Star Wars movies, which I am, I'm okay with them doing that. Maybe if they release it now, might be a little bit better now that we have so much. There's serious Star Wars and then there's fun Star Wars. I think now they can play yeah. with it. But I think back then it was a smart decision to pull it because it was, become, it See, was getting weird. <laughs> I feel the logic. I just think that... I don't know, as someone who works in TV, I just hate those kinds of decisions because it just underestimates both the scope, at, like the, the breadth, and also the depth of viewers. Like, people aren't that dumb. I mean, people are dumb. But people aren't like the, the kind of dumb where they're like, this is Star Wars. Well, I'm sure no other Star Wars will ever be serious and good if I'm watching this very obvious parody of Star Wars. Um you know, people can take two things. You can you can watch your thing and then watch your parody. You can, or you know, different people would watch this. Yeah, it's a different it's, type of audience. It was totally a different audience. Um, I mean, I I really enjoyed the Robot Chicken episodes, and I really enjoyed the Family Guy, you know, parodies. Those are I, I that's one of the things I need to buy on DVD for Christmas this year. Um, but I I can understand why they why they pulled it. If they I if get they it. do it now, no, I it. I'm I'm yeah. down to watch it, especially if they have two seasons ready to go. Right? It just breaks my heart. There, those, those are, there are animators, like so many people who worked on this show. Who... Hey, they could be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Or you, go. Like you guys one. are going to be at Star Wars Celebration and you're going to find a dark room and they're just going to be looping it. There'll be like three guys oh and they're just Are watching it. S- they're like, welcome to the opening ceremony. We're now going to play all 39 episodes. <laughs> we will be breaking each <laughs> Star Wars DVD detour once we finish right the now. episode. <laughs> and they're like, and you can't leave. They lock the doors. <laughs> Bathroom breaks hey, are in the Seth bucket Green in the corner. Seth Green there is in. I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm a huge Seth Green fan since I'm a huge Buffy, Buffy fan. So if Seth Green like shows up on stage and is like, hey, like giving out free DVDs of Detours, I'm like, free DVDs. Although, <laughs> not even Blu-rays. Not even on, Blu-rays. Seth Green. And they're like home burnt DVDs with a Sharpie written on the front. <laughs> Although, yeah. uh, you... Ooh, should just go and hand them out like, like in a mask <gasps> or something. Oh, just hand them out low key. That'd be fun. If you're listening, Seth, do it. Although, although, do you think That's Disney funny. would right. actually release these though now with them owning the rights to it? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, put them on the streaming service. Anything they can throw That's up true. there under the Star any, Wars. Brand. Yeah, any content that they can put on Disney Plus right now, other than their like prestige content that they're producing literally right now, I think they're they're totally on yeah. board for that. Yeah. Um, 
we're going to quickly go through all these because we spent a lot of time. And then we have two things we'll bring up and they kind of tie into the news. So there's all been a lot of Lego shows and we're going to do a whole episode at some point about Star Wars, the relationship between Star Wars oh, and Lego because it is that. extensive. Um, we have a thing called the Yoda Chronicles, which was in 2013 to 2014. It had seven episodes. Never seen it. Comic television. Huh? Never seen it. Has anyone seen it? It's yeah, cute. Me neither. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> we had another one called Droid Tales in 2015, which was five episodes. Uh, we had the Resistance Rises, a comedic prequel to The Force Awakens, the Freemaker Adventures, which I think is still going on no, right now. No, it finished in 2017. Oh, it finished. But I've heard good things about that. Someone tweeted the other day, like, if you're not watching the Lego series, then you're missing out on some super fun, especially the Freemaker Adventures. So Yeah. And then we have Lego Star Wars All-Stars, which is going to air some point this year. It's 12 episodes. Comic television ser- uh, series set across all eras. We talked a little bit about that previously. See, it's funny, though, because this is the same kind of parody shtick genre at least that detours would fall into but lego just their humor is on point mm-hmm. so they everyone doesn't mind signing contracts with them they're like yeah make a funny lego version of my thing I'm well the nice thing about lego too <laughs> is you make a cartoon series and then that makes people want to buy the toy and then the toy makes people want to buy star wars and it's just like they're printing their own money synergy synergy, synergy. promote synergy so like yeah, no, I haven't watched any Lego series. Uh, Me neither. Alex, have you? I watched a little bit of the Yoda Chronicles, and I think the first few episodes of the Freemaker Adventures, which is really, really cute. Like if it's it's definitely a kid show, but if you want to just have some fun Star Wars fun, and if you're a fan of Legos like I am, then this is this is for you. And what's cool is that the Freemaker Adventures, because it was so popular, uh, they created Lego sets based off of that, so you can actually get those. And you can get certain kits, and they come together. And in the mo- in the TV show, the characters are like kit bashing themselves, so they'll have two ships, and all of a sudden create a new ship. Well, you can do the exact same thing with a toy. That's so yeah. cool. Lego just that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, oh it's such a cool thing to have your TV show be like, hey, you can make this, and then you buy it, and you can totally make it. So it's uh, I love synergy. Lego. I love it. Promote synergy. Yay, and now to the future. Now to the future of Star Wars television. I'm so excited. Uh, And I'll tell you, the future is sexy. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Uh, We have coming hopefully next year. It's being filmed right this second. Uh, We have The Mandalorian coming soon, which we talked about on previous episodes. And we have a bunch of news about The Mandalorian coming up right after this. And then previously announced, which we'll get to in a minute there's a whole other show that has not started filming yet and we probably won't see until 2020 but my god so it's gonna be awesome should we say this now or do you want to transition to the news sure the 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 cassian series but we'll talk about it in a second um yeah are you guys ready to get onto the news we've been running a bit long on all this star wars television do it well i kind of just wanted to say real quick like if there is a thing that they haven't done what would you want? And Ooh. and for me, I think The Mandalorian is that series. Um, between the heartbreak of Star Wars 1313, mm. <sighs> the game that never happened that I wanted so badly, um, and the Star Wars Underworld that sounded amazing. Like, I want something that's about the other side. That's not the light. That's not the dark. Something about the people that are just doing the grunt work. I'm hoping the Mandalorian is that, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be, um, but that's what I would want. You know, the, the 
underbelly of Coruscant, the deal making, the smugglers, all of that jazz, the bounty hunting. Um, that's what I want. Yeah. Hmm. What about you guys? I I definitely would want something older public. Yes. I feel like that era uh, of Star Wars really benefits from like serialized storytellings because there's just a lot going on in it. Can you imagine if they did like Game of Thrones meets the Old Republic? Yes. Like that's the show I want. Yeah, so that's what I like. I think it would be really cool if the Benioff and Wise movies were like set up for oh something gosh. else. But even then, I, I who knows what they're gonna be doing? They're not even. They don't even start until Game of Thrones is over. And Game of Thrones doesn't even, like, the final season doesn't even air until April yeah. next year. So, like, and then by then you think, like, oh, now we're in pre-production. So, like, we're, we're not even going to see or hear about whatever they're doing for a well, long time. Well, we have time. a TV show that's TBD, and we also have a series of movies that's TBD. So I'm hoping that somewhere there we get some, you know, extreme prequel stories. Like you, you hear, there's mm. <laughs> extreme. Like, you know, let's let's not go back sixty years. Let's go back a thousand years. Like, give us a Star Wars that feels familiar, yeah. but has an old world feel. Like, I don't need them to be wearing all leather and stuff, yeah. but make it feel like this is before technology has advanced. All leather. Well, because if you look at some of the older, like the, like a like a BDSM old school Star Wars situation. I mean, <laughs> I meant more like like. Uh, if you look at the old Republic comic book series, a lot of them wearing leather armor. Your lightsabers are very ornate, almost uh, like they're carved or, or more like natural. Like okay. give us something a, a little bit technologically advanced, but still not quite there. Like it still feels very clunky. It's a little more samurai and a lot less yes, Western. That. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Follow one lone Jedi who's like, you know doing like the samurai work going town to town like saving the jazz being riding his horse or whatever saving the jazz i don't why, why is the, <laughs> the basketball team needs help <laughs> the utah jazz hey they've evolved utah jazz synergy there on tatooine and they need there's, that's the nice thing about star wars that there's so many stories that have yet to be told that you know i never thought we would be getting these stories ever again like i felt like with the expanded universe the way it was is you kind of had certain things set in stone but now you can explore with new Star Wars. We're getting new movies, new TV shows. It's it's cool. And done well. And done well, yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the new stuff. Moving awesome. on. Awesome. Let's get on to the news. Beep, bop, boop. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we should start there, with... There is, there is a lot of news. Like, my goodness. Um, we're going to start at this one, which I like. came out of left field and is probably the coolest thing ever. At least I think so. Uh, new John Williams theme and ride details for Star yes. Wars Galaxy's Edge. Guys... John Williams wrote music for a freaking theme park area. Hadn't we just said a thousand times that he's done? Oh, yeah. After he's, episode he's nine, done. or does this not count? Well, episode nine hasn't come out yet, <laughs> so technically he has until December of next year. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I think this is so cool. It's so cool. I'm, 
I'm so into this. And all, uh, they released like the sheet music and you can listen to it. I haven't actually listened to it yet. It sounds it sounds um, really cool. And it definitely sounds Star Wars, but also you get like a Disney theme park vibe from the, the way it sounds. Mm. Like you can tell that this is so, going to be playing on a loop. Yeah. The video that I saw this posted on Twitter was uh, paired with um, like production of construction mm-hmm. of Galaxy's Edge. And just seeing how it's coming along with that music playing, I like started crying. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah. So there's also a bunch of Galaxy's Edge news um, for us to talk about. Disney also released the name for the attraction that has been referred up to this point as the Battle Escape attraction. Rise of the Resistance will be an LPS, which they say is a local pos- local positioning system ride, which will carry park goers in, around, and reportedly out of a First Order battleship during a battle with the Resistance. Um, and there's like a small... Was that like an, an excited breathing? <laughs> what was that? It was like a really happy like cry thing. I'm Aww. so excited. Yeah, that video is Aww. amazing. Have you seen yeah, the video yet? Yeah, I love it a little bit. Okay, so no. just so you guys know, the video that they've released, it shows the actual corridors that you will be riding in this trackless ride. So if you, if you don't know what, a, what the LPS system is, uh, Disney's been doing this for a few years on their overseas theme parks. I think the first time they did it was Winnie the Pooh. It's a trackless ride system where yes. there are sensors in the ground and the car is basically following a path, but there's no track or anything like that. So it's, it's just flat ground. In the video, they show you where you will be going, at least for a, a part of the attraction, but this is a fully built scene already. So this whole thing is already built in the park. Oh my God. I'm assuming this is so. Are they? Yeah. so cool. It looks so so cool. I'm assuming this is. Disneyland. Are they gonna have actors like walking around during the ride? I, I'd be surprised if they did. Just logistically wise, no cost and everything. I feel like this is just a promotional video. But my guess is this is the one from Disneyland since they'll be opening almost what three months before Disney World. So I think a lot of these Something videos are from Disneyland. Yeah. Well, give me some of that like amazing digi- Disney animatronic magic. I'm you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some animatronic stuff. I feel like this <gasps> some animatronic like creatures. Oh my gosh! Animatronic Cassian yes. Andor shows up, oh, and he is like, I could like "Hey guys, um... <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, check me out on Disney Plus <laughs> in two years." <laughs> what I think this is going to be is going to be very similar to the Transformers ride at Universal Studios. Where you'll have you'll have your screens, but you'll also have you know live action elements around you. That, that's what it feels like, uh-huh. especially when you look at the concept art, and what you see in that video with yeah. the audio too, with the the John Williams score, because you see two walkers. I mean, you see some really cool things. We'll see. Uh, it's also finally Disney also released some new details about how exactly guests at the new Star Wars themed resort will interact with a hotel. In Central Florida, that is supposed to make people think that they are in space. It seems the plan will be for guests coming into the hotel to board what will look like a shuttle for a simulated <laughs> ride to space, where they will dock with their resort ship in orbit within the hotel itself. All of the windows will display starry exteriors to make the theming completely believable and immersive. Like what? So into <laughs> the idea of putting like three mortgages on a house so I can go stay at this freaking. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm Hotel. quitting life. The world is is is, is burning around I, us, and I'm just going to spend the rest of my days above water at at Galaxy's Edge. Well, let's not forget with this <laughs> yes. news, they also showed us the first video inside the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon for the upcoming ride, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. 
they show it if you if you watch the video <laughs> definitely go to starwars.com you know everywhere all the disney websites posted it but you get to sit in the cockpit get to click the buttons um it looks nicer than the one that we sat in at comic-con josh really? yeah like it looks oh yeah the cardboard, the cardboard one, one with the uh the, what was it the the console that got pushed up to us for the picture it's nicer than yeah. that so oh, uh and then it and then it and then we just heard a big like <laughs> right sit down three two here you go what like <laughs> the burst of laughter from everyone yeah was perfect, though. <laughs> That's funny. it's like we heard the apple like click sound and we're just like <laughs> so uh. is the idea that everyone's gonna like be in their own little co- like they're gonna have lots of these little cockpits or is it one big thing you just walk around and look at or for your your shuttle or the hotel uh for the ride, oh. for Smuggler's Run. So the way that it's set up, supposedly, and I've talked to a few people who, who got to work on the ride. Uh, do you guys remember, um, what do you call it? Back to the Future. Or the Simpsons ride at Universal the Studios. The movie? Oh, <laughs> uh, Simpsons So it's a large oh, no. screen and you sit in a little vehicle and there's, I think, a total of eight ride vehicles looking at the same screen. It's going to be kind of like that. It's, it looks like there's going to be a number of cockpits that you would go into after you'd walk through the Millennium Falcon. And then uh, each cockpit would have its... Like a soaring type thing or the Avatar ride? Like where everybody's facing a big screen? Kind of, but it sounds like each one is going to have its own screen. So basically you're in the cockpit, you have your own screen, you're interacting with what's in front of you specifically. So depending on how well you do, you'll have your own. So more like a Mission to Mars type thing. Yes, closer to Mission to Mars. Except for they're not going to spin us around. Probably. You never know. (laughs) So exciting, so the, the only issue oh. with the ride is that there's there's concerns with it having a low guest capacity. Uh, so there's a possibility. Oh, it's going to be insane. Well, so if you look at a ride like the Haunted Mansion, you're looking at 2,000 people an hour, which is, you know, that's a lot of people to go through an hour. There were concerns that you're only going to get up to like 200 for this ride. Oh, we're never going to ever do it That's then. That's part of the concern is because it takes so long for you to be in the ride to actually get to the ride and to do the things in the ride. Unless they just have like a hundred cockpits or yeah. something. You know what Why I mean? Why not? Well, well, they had a giant show building. I'm assuming it's going to be for the uh, the first order ride, but we never know. Maybe they might move things around. Yeah. All I'll say is the, la- the newest ride I went on in Disney World was the Pandora Pandora ride. It was by far the longest wait I've ever had to do um, in Disney World. And it was the coolest experience of mm-hmm. my life. So I think it'll all be worth it. Yeah, that was only one movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got like, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yes. Well, didn't two just finally, it was like, we're starting, I think. Yeah, I think happen? so. I think so. Isn't yeah, he making like 18 now at once? Anyway. Star Wars. <sighs> you ready? Anyway. Pedro Pascal to play lead in The Mandalorian. <laughs> Along with that, uh, Gina Carano joins the cast of the upcoming Star Wars live action show, The Mandalorian. Which I didn't see until you just Which, posted this. And for those of you that do not know who uh, Gina Carano is, she's a retired MMA fighter. Who's since become an action movie actor, having appeared in Haywire, Fast and the Furious 6, and Deadpool. Who's she in Deadpool? Uh, I don't know, because I had not seen Deadpool. Oh, both Deadpools are awesome. Yeah, um, I need I need to get around to that. I'm gonna have a, about to have a lot of time, so maybe I'll watch those. Um, okay, so Pedro Pascal, I am 
real excited about this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you all know, all you listeners are probably Game of Thrones fans. I feel like the crossover is pretty he was, deep. He was in like a season. Oh, was he the guy he was, doing the swords? <gasps> he was um, the Red Viper. Yes. He was the guy who was trying to avenge the rape and murder of his sister and mother. And spoilers, but I'm not going to go super spoilers, so skip ahead 10 seconds if you haven't watched season four of Game of Thrones. Um, He's an amazing character that meets a really horrific end. So I am... So, he gave he gave, the the episode before he dies. He gives this incredible speech when he says he's going to fight for Tyrion. Mm-hmm. It is like one of the best moments of Game of Thrones. He delivers it so well, and he is captivating, mesmerizing, and so sexy. He's awesome. So sexy. So, so, <laughs> uh, so the Gina Carano news is official. She is in the show. The Pedro Pascal is apparently in negotiations he's been offered the role officially according to variety but they're negotiating salary and stuff so it's not a hundred percent that he's gonna be in the show but it's probably it's likely gonna happen why would he yeah, ever turn that down pretty much likely yeah why would you right um he also uh, starred in narcos if people are narcos fans i have not watched that but i hear it's freaking awesome so i yes need to watch it he's also a voice in dishonored 2 he's also in the mentalist oh. he's done oh my god uh, bunch of shit. He's in so many great things. Yeah, he's he was in The Good Wife for a long time. Um, <gasps> he was in an episode of Buffy. What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm off the track. Keep going without me. <laughs> anyway, Ron Howard opened to returning to the Star Wars franchise. Uh, he said in an interview with Metro, I had a great experience with that, and it would depend entirely on the story. My daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard, is thrilled. She has... Uh, she has She's been, sorry, I'm reading this so bad. She's been announced to be directing one of the new episodes of the series headed by John Favreau. She's having a great experience, so I'm kind of living through it again through her. It's just a creative, inspired group of movie lovers who make these projects. Uh, Ron Howard, please make another Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Just coming from me. Well, from the entire podcast. Uh... <laughs> from everyone here. From everyone here, long time ago <laughs> radio. radio. Ron Howard. Ron Howard, we'd really like it if you made another Star please Wars Please come thing. back. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Just to, to recap for anybody who's a Buffy fan, which I know for a fact there are a couple that are listening. Um, Pedro Pascal was in the episode of The Freshman of Buffy, season four, where she feels like she meets her best friend when she's walking home at night, and the guy talks about of human bondage being her fa- his favorite book uh, that he keeps on his bedside table, and she makes a bondage joke, and it's funny, and it's Pedro Pascal. Oh my goodness, so weird. Anyway, Ron Howard coming back. I just love that he says those nice things about the people making the movies, because he seems like a nice guy. And if he has positive things to say, it makes me feel good about the whole environment that they're cultivating over there. Yeah. And he's been in the, like, Lucas film kind of, you know, family, you could say, for, like, a long time. So yeah. I could I could see him doing, like, oh, I can, what if I did an episode of The Mandalorian 2? Your everyone voice yeah. is really funny to me. Yeah. My <laughs> this voice, yeah. <laughs> anyway... Uh, ILM launches new TV division projects to include the Mandalorian. There you go. That's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Obviously they're going to do other shows, but for right now they're very much focused on the Mandalorian. So have, so that's cool. Have they not already been doing work for television? You would Uh, think. Apparently not. You'd think they would, (laughs) but I guess. I think at this point we've gotten, because television has become this, as everyone likes to say, we're in the golden age of television or whatever. Yeah. Um, the fact that we can have TV shows like Game of Thrones that have budgets, film budgets, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, 
and now that we're actually getting Star Wars live action shows because we are able to have that kind of stuff, I think it only makes sense that ILM opens a brand new, you know, wing to cater to these. Yeah, it's kind on of little things. department. Well, it's great because yeah. it's great. It just shows that they're invested in making these things look legit and not half-assing them. Too legit to quit. Exactly. All right. Last piece of news. Very exciting. We pretty much have told you already. Cassian Andor live action series announced. Oh, my God. What, what, what? Oh, my gosh. I like your... your uh... That sound? Ahsoka! Ahsoka's with me! That was that was Nicole. That was not the oh. dog. <laughs> Nicole, either one. We're all... She was like, Ahsoka's with me. <laughs> um, well, Nicole is with me. I'm going to read the... Better. <laughs> I'm going to read the StarWars.com article. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger announced today that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live-action series for Disney+, Plus, uh, the company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service. The series, which will go into production next year, which means we probably won't get it until 2020, follows the adventures of Rebel Spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor. Quote, going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me, said Luna. I have so many memories uh, of the great work we did and the relationships I made throughout the journey. We've had a fantastic event. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us the chance to explore this character more deeply. And it's described as a spy thriller mm. filled with espionage <gasps> and daring missions. Even sexier! <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen most people in my circle being very excited. I don't know why you wouldn't well, be. Well, he is wonderful. Ugh. I've, I have heard uh, um, from some people who are not like super hardcore Star Wars fans who are like, well, why should I care? Because we already kind of know his fate. Well, you shouldn't you know? care. And we really don't need you. So well, go do your we, we also, you know, <laughs> knew that the Rebels got the Death Star plans. I mean, so I guess we didn't need Rogue One, but. I mean, come on. We we needed right. Rogue One. Rogue One was an awesome film. <laughs> um, this is awesome. So Diego Luna, for any of y'all who don't know, amazing actor. He's been around forever. Um, he was huge in Mexican cinema. Um, the first thing you, if you're a film buff, might have seen him in is Itu Mama Tambien, where he had a super sexy three-way with um, Gael Garcia Bernal, and it's amazing, and you should totally go back and watch that movie, because it's a beautiful My movie, but it's also super sexy. Um, <laughs> and then what some of my girlfriends are super, or know him from is Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, which is, uh, you know, a fan favorite. Um, but he's also, funnily enough, in the Mexican version of Narcos. So we got both, like, Narcos stars. There's just so much Latino hotness happening. I can't even handle it. Hashtag Latino heat. Latino heat. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's like they just, like, tapped into my brain. And they're like, what would Becky want? Becky would want, like, sexy underworld spy movies. We need more Latinos. That's what they did. Yes. Hot Latino yes. men. I'm down for that. Just, just the men. men. <laughs> I mean, we can have hot Latino women too. Let's just let's just sexy this thing up. Let's just make it hot. So, I'm all so about have it. either of you guys done the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire for the Void yet? No. Nope. So I I don't see that'll be part of the Endor ah. trip. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, it's not really a spoiler. So uh, the character Cassian Endor gives you a, a mission that's that's the entire thing so i'm wondering if we're gonna get any kind of connection 
between the storyline that we get in the void Ooh. and what you know what we get in this tv show because the void is canon the right? void is canon you said that before yeah cool. so it'll cool. it'll be interesting we definitely need to do the void so you know episode nine we'll we'll, we'll just rent a house in la you know do disneyland for nine months and then we'll do Endor for two months, <laughs> and then we'll do a month of the movie. I kind of like calling it the Endor trip. We should make a Google Doc and just start the Endor last trip. trip to Endor. Maybe we'll watch the other Ewoks movie during the Endor. In trip. Endor. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. All right. I guess. Let's do it. In, in, the, in the, the middle, middle of, the woods. of the woods. I'll bring Hold some. This. I'll bring some treats yes. if you know what I mean. It'll be super <laughs> fun. <laughs> some walnuts. Anyway. Walnuts is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's really weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh, how about we get on Creature of the Week? Do it. Good job, Buck. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> Alright, our Creature of the Week is the Gorax, which actually, this, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. God. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. This is the... <clears throat> The creature from the Ewok movie that yes, we saw, right? It is. It is. Okay. Uh, Gorax were a species of seldom seen giant humanoids native to the mountains of Endor. Jeez, what is with Endor today? <laughs> they sometimes attack the villages of the Ewoks who are among the sentient inhabitants of the moon. And there's also a weird fact here. One particular specimen was more than five times taller than Luke Skywalker. Like, why? <laughs> but how much bigger was he than bigger Luke? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, he's anyway. He's weird. He's semi semi sentient. I like how they say that because semi sentient. They make it clear he's not very smart. Yeah, is that what that means? <laughs> I don't know. I think I his know. sentience comes in it. and out. You know, like sometimes he's like all there, and then other times he's like I'm a tree. So. Oh, I guess according to Wikipedia, sentience was the ability of a species to think intelligently. There you go. So if he's only semi-sentient, then um, he's not as smart, I guess. I really like the on the wiki, the Star Wars wiki here. The Ralph McQuarrie concept art is pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. At the bottom, um, it looks. It's funny because I actually just started watching Attack on Titan, and so that's where my brain is going. Um, but uh, yeah, and apparently, I like this little thing. Um, there's a a map on the DLC of Star Wars Battlefront One. Where players enter a cavern containing a giant spiders, which appear to be the lair of immense creature, and it looks like the Gorax's lair. Because as we remember in the film, there's spiders in that lair too. Lair, lair. Nice. I'm having a hard time saying. I was that. looking at the Legends tab for the Gorax, and there were a bunch. There's a couple more uh, appearances of the Gorax. A couple of things. Some old Republic stuff. It was mentioned. Uh, it showed up in some comics. Him wielding these um, boar wolves as a picture is pretty crazy. It looks like he has these giant boar wolves is a really great way to put it. They're like big boar wolves. big pigs. He's kind of using them as like, I don't know, salt and pepper shakers to harass this Ewok. Hint, hint, <laughs> creature of the week for the next uh, episode. <laughs> the boar wolf. <laughs> the boar wolf. Which again, we, um, we saw in the I, movie. I, boar wolves have been... No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I would say all this art is great. I feel like the one appearance in the movie is pretty crappy, but all the art's pretty cool. Well, it's just a guy in a suit. Yeah. Going in slow motion, if you remember, everything he did was slow. 
Yeah. Well, he, he was, was big semi-sentient, was right? That? He was semi-sentient. Big and semi-sentient, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for this episode of the show. Um, once again, we're gonna we're gonna rock that Patreon link. If you'd like to give us some funds and get cool rewards. In return, you can go to patreon.com slash longtimeagoradio. A dollar a month gives you access to our extra, uh, God, what am I called? Extra content feed. I almost called it extra canon. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> our extra content feed, which has content that you will not find on the main feed, like watch-alongs and other fun special episodes. Um, if you'd like to follow me personally, you can do so on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. I'm working the folks find you. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca June Lane, and our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram at Deborah underscore Fett. Check out our Instagram for the podcast at LTA underscore radio, and our Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash long time ago radio. Don't forget Toys for Tots this year, so start picking up some toys, do yes. some good. It's been a hard time for a lot of people. Let's, yes. let's see if we can help them out. For sure. All right, everybody. That's going to do it. May the force be with you. Goodbye. Peace. Bye.